have to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You gotta touch, you have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You gotta be possessed with the dream. What's up, guys, and welcome back to Straight From The Chess Podcast. My name is Justin Groth, and I am your host on this personal development and growth podcast. Listen, if you're new to the show, I just want to take this time, and I want to welcome you. Thank you for being here. You could be doing literally anything else, and you're here, so I very much appreciate you. And if this is your 200th time or just second time tuning back in, thank you for your continued listenership and support of the channel. It means a lot to me. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, basically anywhere there's podcasts, we're likely there. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the YouTube. We're trying to build that uh, on the road to a thousand, let's say, hopefully by the end of the month, that'd be great with your support. And, and so anyways, please subscribe there if you haven't yet already. And uh, without further ado, I'd just like to get into it. My friend, Brittany, welcome back. Welcome to the show again. How yeah. are you? I am spectacular. Thank you so much. It is always lovely to be in your company. Oh, well, I don't know about that, but thank you very much. I'll just say it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so what's been up with you? You've been, uh, you've been doing a lot lately. Traveling, working. Talk to me. Well, I think I busted out of an invisible cage. <laughs> and then I can't really say why, how, or any of those other applicable statements, but I've just been trying to almost find a way to live authentically. And you know what's interesting. I just want to say your intro. I love your intro. It's so motivating. And I want to say, if I remember the backstory, it came from a motivational speaker mm -hmm. that you Eric Thomas. Are, are, you know, um, inspired by yourself. But when I hear that, I'm like, the dream. Yeah. Yes. Possessed by the dream. Yes. Because I am a dreamer. Like, it's really crazy to still be able to say that at 40. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to. Hold fast to that 40 with a badge of honor. Like, whew, okay, it actually feels better than I thought it would feel. <laughs> yeah, you don't look 40, that's for sure. But that's because you, you. you keep up with yourself. Mm. Rather, you keep up and doing all the things that make you better as a result. Not drinking, not smoking, not partying, etc. These things make you look younger by default. And people often wonder why I look 23. And I'm like, well... <laughs> it's because I don't drink, never have, never smoked. You're going to get wrinkles in your face. That's just because if you're going to, you're going to age, you're going to get wrinkles in your face. But how well is your skin look? How is your body aging as a result? Is your skin tight? All those things are predicated on your nutrition, if you work out or not, etc. So it's important to take care of yourself. Uh, you'll look a little bit younger in the process, you know? And then genetics play a big, big role. That's a huge component to the matter. And I don't necessarily think I have, you know, good genetics in that regard. I think I have regular baseline genetics, but it helps when I've never drank or smoked to the idea of the equation. It just helps me maybe, I don't know, maybe shave off a couple of years or a few years, you know, but anything can help, right? Yeah, definitely. Although I am a drinker. 
<laughs> but not excessively. You know, I, I have this whole balance conundrum. So it's like, mm, everything in balance. But I got obsessed with my aging when I was 20. And I really started just topical. And I need to work out more. <laughs> that is like absolutely a truth. I need to work out. I know. Oh, okay. Hi. <laughs> so sometimes, and and so for the listeners, I'm going to put Brianna on the spot right now. Brittany, I'm going to put her on the spot right now. Some people will tend to look at the cameras in the studio and then they take eye contact away from me. Mm. And I can't tell you how much I fucking hate that only because it makes the conversation less intimate on my end. And then you get a worse byproduct out of me. And I don't think you're here for that. I think you're here to gain the most out of me as I'm to gain the most out of you. So we don't look at cameras and I should have said that prior, but it just makes for a more intimate conversation. Those cameras, they don't exist there. People are going to watch you. People are, you know, we're streaming or whatever, but what matters is right here because then I get the best out of you. You get the best out of me. So I had to just, I had to, 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 motion you with my fingers mm. we're 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 talking you're not you're not on a commercial right now I'm we're talking. <laughs> but i don't think it's the lights that make it hot in here oh, anymore stop. it's so it's the lights <laughs> these lights are horrendous man and but you gotta have lighting to you know make you look good so i heard that lights important lights are important I thought about something though, airflow. Like you could, you could angle up some uh, fans. Oh yes. Although the sound. This, be... That's the one thing I have to get a low decibel sound mm. fan or something. Like that. Dyson has a good one, but I've heard it and it's still Too high. something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's going to affect the listener or the quality of the, of the audio. And if there's like a humming in the, like a slight humming. So it's almost like we just, I hate to say it, like I don't want to put up with it, but I just we just had to have to put up with it for the for the moment, you know. Some like it hot. I don't. I fucking <laughs> hate the heat. I would rather be cold my entire life. And some people are cringing as I say that, Ooh. but I would much rather be cold than hot because I always ration like this. I can put on all kinds of layers of clothes to keep warm, but you can only take off so many layers True. before. Okay, well, you're going to have a heat stroke and I guess, you know what I mean? Like I can cover up as much as I can and gain the most amount of, I don't know, the best thermic environment, the most optimal thermic environment, as opposed to, I can't take everything. I can't take my skin off, you know? So at a point it's like, and I just being hot is agitating. Hmm. It's frustrating. Is it not the way for you? You like it? Either way, but I hate being too cold. And too cold is pretty frigid. Like, like if you're in the snow and you don't even have warm clothes on, like that's too cold. Otherwise, I'm pretty agreeable in different temperatures. You know, you are agreeable, and that's the reason why I, I, I motioned, <laughs> I motioned my fingers to, to, to keep your attention on me, because one, I want your attention on me, and two, I knew that you wouldn't fuss about it. No, you're. Very much, an, and that only comes from an agreeable woman. Like you didn't feel put off by me saying that. One, I think, because we've known each other for quite some time. Like we have a long history. It's been 
oh, uh, we met each other when I was 16 or something. Oh, no, not 16. I'm sorry, 19. Yeah. Same shit, really. (laughs) Long, long time. And we're what now? 64. So it's a long time. (laughs) But it's been a really enjoyable ride with you. I mean, I haven't had that much time with you only because you've done life and then I've done life. You know, we were separated for a while. When I say separate, I mean like we were just in different well, we're different towns for, 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 for starters. And you were just doing your, your thing. You had, you obviously got married, had kids. Uh, I didn't because I'm, I'm a, (laughs) I'm a, uh, what do they call those? Um, I'm a gypsy. I just move from, no, I don't, (laughs) but yeah, we just did life. We just did it differently. Um, but the agreeable part of you is something that I've always, always treasured because you don't, I mean, I, I, I know women and I, I speak to women that are that, but the more and more time passes on and when I see time, I mean, the more generations that are, or the generation that gets, that's right below us, that's getting older, you're starting to see less and less of that. Why do you think that is? I think there's a lot of egoism Like, I think people have been melded through social media to be egocentric and covetous. And it's sad because really, I believe that we are intrinsic. We're like there, even if you share similar viewpoints with a person, you are not going to have the same exact viewpoints or the same kind of life experiences that will always make you unique as the individual. And like, we're, you get me into these very philosophical, deep delved conversations and it's like, wait a minute, let me just slow up. That was enough. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going. Well, I think that is a lot to do with it. It's like when you're in love with yourself, I have a, I have, um, I write a lot. And one of the lines I've written is like, what do you have left to show the world when you're in love with yourself? You don't have anything. And it's not even like a, a gratifying love. It's almost like a lust for self minus what we attribute lust to, which is usually, usually sexual. But now we've become lustful for our bravado. And I don't know. I just don't, I don't like it. I think that if we were to calm that down and get in tune with some of the more beautiful parts of ourselves that are again, unique only for you, it took a lot of different things in this paradigm to bring together the two people that made you. And likewise, whatever you end up procreating, even if it's just something that's uplifting and serving other people's mentality, which this platform definitely does, you're, and you, you kind of, you're to me a purist. So you have a little bit of a different outlook than your common person, not to fluff up your feathers or anything, but. Explain to me what that means. Well, I think people that, like a purity, they're always going to be looking deeper. They're not surface satisfied. 
they're they're going to want to see more and I heard we might be talking about males and females and relationships that is something that I I wish more people had a desire to see more outside of self yeah so we were speaking very briefly earlier off mic when you when you first got in and you you know like we talk I try not to talk too much and I know my listeners know this I always say this I try not to talk too much to the person so I want to save content for I want to save the, the authentic conversation for the for the microphone but I mean I haven't seen you in a while and you're a really good friend of mine so then I naturally like I talk a little bit more and it's automatically intimate because I know you and you know me so I talk about your last boyfriend and I bring that and then I say because you know this I hate script and so I said would you like to maybe talk about that because you started talking about things and I was like wait 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 this is going to be in my head I said this is going to be good I said wait do you want to talk about this on the podcast because this could be informative this could be enlightening to people possibly a select you know subset of the market that listens could could enjoy this and you said sure so that's why I thought it might be good to bring up I mean we'll bring up a a number of things but I mean that might be something to touch on to um the boyfriend or the you were saying you went into kind of prefacing I don't mean to be a man hater (laughs) <laughs> and why don't you give the listeners some context behind what, what that meant? Okay, so I, I've had a, a great deal of variations in relationships. I've had short relationships. I've had really a really long relationship, which went through marriage and, you know, the whole gambit, in my opinion. Um, we didn't, we had our children after marriage. Like if you wanted to say, oh, did you do it textbook, right? Because everybody thinks these things can be mapped out. They can't. Let me just go on the record saying they can't be mapped out. Like, because here you would have thought, oh, I, I did it right. I dated, I got to know people. I had a couple relationships that at a certain marker, I knew this was not the right relationship. And far be it for me to hang anyone on. That's one thing that I feel like is unfair to another human being. Um, I don't care what the parameters of the relationship are, um, whether you're very successful or not successful at all, whether you're the nicest guy in the world or you're an absolute douchebag or jerk, whatever. (laughs) If my heart and my mind together are not going to want to go further in the relationship, I have to do you the grace of saying, like, I'm so sorry. I know this might hurt you. It'll hurt me. It's not going to be easy. But I always had to get out of the relationship when I knew this can't keep going. Um, And then with one of my relationships and my husband, you know, ex-husband to be all that good stuff, I really didn't have a quit button for a long time. There was just... So much I was willing to do in that relationship. So much I was willing to endure. And let's just be honest. We all have variations of challenge. 
Some of us have trauma. Um, and we bring that with us. <laughs> Oopsie. We bring that with us. We, we take that, especially in our youth, we take that into our relationship and, you know, not to isolate this one long-standing relationship. I dated different experiences, different ethnicities. Like you would, you would ask, like, do you think it's ethnic centric? Like, no, my experiences, I don't think are ethnic centric. I think they're male centric. And I don't know if it has to do with the way the individual might have been raised. I do believe that for some men or males, when they have not had a strong family unit, we're dealing with a whole lot of insecurity. We're dealing with aspects that threaten a healthy relationship. I don't, honestly, I've never even had a healthy relationship. And I feel like that's sad. Yeah. I have not really either. I think it's more abundant than you think. Mm-hmm. Most people don't, or a lot of people don't have healthy relationships or there's aspects to the relationship that maybe that person's too immature at the time to be able to receive. And because this has happened to me when I've been in relationships, I've, it's only been after the relationship ended where I can see where I went wrong and I can see my faults and I could see where I could have done better. But whilst immersed in the relationship, I'm blinded and you don't, it doesn't matter what happens, what gets quote unquote better during the relationship. It's like I'm checked out or I think, or I know that she's checked out. There's really no coming back from that. So even when you think even if you were to have all the knowledge in the interim of things, you know, knowing that, well, I just do this, let's do this, let's do that. Sometimes it's just too late because you guys have already checked out and you only learn afterward. And maybe it only, maybe it comes to you months or years later afterward where you've been able to grow or evolve as a person, not only as a man or a woman, but just as a as an intellectual being and a a reflective being, and you know, this is where I went wrong. I could have done this better. Now things have their time, their seasons. So, you know, different situations have their seasons. Well, people are no different. People have their seasons in your life. And so I guess chalk it up to what did I learn from that person or what, what did I gain from that person? And maybe you gain nothing. Maybe you, maybe that person was the only one that gained from you being in their life. And maybe you were just, maybe you were just on pause for a second while God was working on your behalf for somebody else. Hmm. And he had you in here because he knew that, well, I know that you're not going to get worse here at, at worst, you're going to stay neutral. But this is for this person, not for you. Mm. This You're serving a part to play in this person's life. It's not benefiting you per se. I've had relationships like that as well where I, I can't think of where I gained other than I got better at debating. I got better mm. at arguing, which is not a good thing. No. Okay. Agreed. But when you can say that is the only thing I took from that three-year relationship, 
I think it was more so on the other end where they benefited. And I can point out where that other person did benefit selfishly from me. And I'm not saying that I'm a, I'm not a selfish person too with certain things. I definitely am. But I know, because I know this person. And for the listeners, I'm speaking of somebody in real time, real life here. Like this is somebody that I'm, I'm, I'm not obviously to say the name, but <clears throat> excuse me. There were there when I look back, I thought I know where I benefited you, and I know I would be. I'm unbiased in this. I would say where you benefited me. Okay, let me really break it down. Mm, sex, and I got better at debating, arguing. I know it's really shitty to say that, but that's the truth. And sometimes the truth is not flattering. Sometimes the truth is not not pretty, but that's the truth. I can't think of a of a thing that she gave me that was to gain, right? Um, other than apart from that. Hmm. But you got something. <laughs> yeah, I got something. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't know. Th- this last experience really put me into a position. I do think I gained a lot because I recognized qualities in myself that I have to do away with. I have to do away with apologizing when I'm not wrong. The wrong people will take advantage of that. They'll make you always sorry. And you didn't do anything wrong. They'll make you sorry for things they did wrong. And I didn't recognize that that's a pattern. That I, I, I go from a place of humility. But at the same time, what I'm really doing is creating a fail safe for someone to then hurt me if they want to. It's also a personality disorder. Because you're saying that somebody's making you feel sorry for something that they did? No. I will apologize for what I know I didn't do wrong to to even the playing field. Oh, I see. So they're not making you do that. No. Okay, they're not being manipulated. Personal or flaw. Oh, okay, so they're not being manipulated or anything. No. Oh, okay, okay. Although I do think that there was a level of just something I don't understand. I don't really want to speak on it because I like speaking about things I know. Sure. I really don't like speaking about things that I don't know. So when we're dealing with another human and their mindset, you can't know everything. Yeah. You can have inference, which I think is powerful. You can have intuition, which I think is powerful. But as far as me to be able to say, oh, I know this was going on, I don't really. I can say... Um, a lot of nonchalant and careless behaviors, which I don't, I don't appreciate. If, if I am coming to you with caring actions that are obvious and there's not a reciprocation on, on, on a lot of levels, like just not really a reciprocation, then I don't feel like that's the right relationship because even if we could part being friends, being cool, you're willing to take and not give. I don't really care for people like that. And I'm not even just talking about male, female, or whatever attribute we could put to that type of intimate relationship. I'm saying even friendships. Like if you are a comfortable taker 
in a friendship with no real give, to me, that's a flag. That's like, they say red flag, but I'm like black flag, raid, like, ah. Yeah. Not healthy. Do you notice these flags right away or you want to dismiss them even when you see them? I sadly, I'll dismiss them in the name of love, which is not noble. It really, I, I used to think it was noble. Like my whole quest for love. Um, I, I would shut down certain type of relationships. Like I had an experience where this gentleman flew to the airplane parts and maintenance place I worked at because he had called on the phone and he liked my voice. So he flew his little Learjet, not a fancy one, but an, that's a Learjet. It was, it yeah. was nice. Flew out there. He said, I want to take you home to meet my mom. And I was like, okay, all right. Like I was single and I was in my, I want to say 2021. Like, why not? Let's fly to to Palm Springs. Okay. And this is my non-man hater self saying, I feel like men have an objective. And it's usually isolated to one particular thing. But I don't feel obligated. I don't care what you do for me. If I want to sleep with you, I'm going to sleep with you. And if I don't, I'm not. And that's because I know it's my body. I'm in control of it. And you are in control of your choices. I'm not asking you to take me shopping and buy me clothes. I'm not asking you to take me to dinner. I'm not asking you to take me on your plane. You wanted to. Sure, why not? I'll go. I mean, I can give you several reasons why you shouldn't have gone. Because he could have been a serial killer for one. Luckily, he He could have been a murderer for one. (laughs) Could have been a rapist for two. Could have been both of those for three. I mean, what are you doing? As a man, as a man, I think, look, look, this is a logical, (laughs) thought out process from my end. I red flag galore there. And you're like, okay, let's go. Come on, man. So he had a longstanding account with the man I worked for. Still could have been a murderer. Stunt, he could have, could have for sure. He was like a stunt person in the movie industry. I looked up on him like, I I did a little homework. I will say that I've made very foolish choices I will not make anymore, including outrunning Cubans in Las Vegas because I just all of a sudden got this feeling like, shit seems unsafe. I'm going to run away. <laughs> So I definitely put myself into positions and gosh, I was, I, I don't know why I did this. I'm like, you know, that whole, a man that walks with God can walk anywhere. I've had that feeling far too long. I'm definitely more reasonable now. Like I would not do the same things that I did in my twenties now. At all. Of course not. Yeah. But I still make bad choices when it comes to relationships. And that's something I'm absolutely, I have to change that at this point. So I don't even foresee myself getting involved in a relationship. Like getting to know people, yes. Dating, yes. Not executing anything because I don't, I feel like that's the, one of the best parts of me aside from my mind. Like one of the best parts of me is my body. So if I'm going to share it with you, 
you need to be of a certain caliber and you have to be a certain type of person in my heart. I can't just be going on the fly looking for love anymore and willing to take that chance off of the whole chemistry stuff that can happen between a man and a woman. (laughs) Yeah. What kind of man do you think you attract? God, all different types, to be honest. Have you ever found some common denominators in the men that you date? Nope. Honestly, no. So not even ones that take advantage of people pleasers like yourself? I've definitely ended up allowing that to happen for sure. But I could only isolate... I I would isolate specifically two people. And what's interesting is those two people actually have quite a bit in common. I don't want to air any of their personal. Well, there's no need for that. But But, right. You know, typically what I see with what I what ends up getting divulged to me through like we'll call them friends, clients, uh, for some reason, clients like to talk to me a lot about their, their personal life, their personal experiences. And I like to listen. And I think that, you know, this is just a, you know, this is small subsection of the market that I deal with. It's it's a nothing sub subsection, you know, because if I've if I've had, let's say, in my entire training career, if I had two hundred and twenty people, let's say, out of all of those people, let's say ninety five percent of them are women, is that hardly trained males? I'm getting out of that percentile of women, I'm getting at least. 60 to 65 percent of them divulging stuff to me and it comes from you know this is the one i feel the the worst about is when i hear stuff about their husbands and to me i think there should be a a barricade that you don't go over and i think that you know that that is when when you're married you don't divulge certain things when you're married for respect of your companion the, the partner your your husband and, and vice versa, when with husbands, you shouldn't divulge your shit to your bros about your wife. Like, you should keep that sacred between you and your woman. Now, I know there's difference of opinion, but fuck it. I don't care. It's my podcast. I talk whatever the fuck I want, dude. That's right. But I did it again. What? I'm a camera girl. What'd you do? I think I threw up my dub and looked at the camera. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Okay, that's gonna be the one that I actually splice out and I I, I throw it. on Instagram. No, I'm gonna throw it on Instagram oh. and say this person. I told her not to look at the camera. I'm gonna embarrass you. Not no, I'm playing. It's all right. I won't. Shoot, I I <laughs> couldn't keep myself from it. Like you got super thuggish on that, and I was like, yeah, your podcast. Okay, that's right. So let's let's. <laughs> well, fuck. Now I forgot what I was saying. You were talking about this sacred oh, elements yes. of husbands and wives not sharing certain things about their marriage. I just agree with that. I think that that's something that there's certain things you can talk about and certain things you don't talk about. So in this, my history of training people and hearing about these things, women generally 
seem to, and these this is the the small cohort of females that I've dealt with, seem to attract what they don't want hmm. because what they do want, they're not willing to change to get. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So, for example, in my business, I train people that have disposable incomes. Okay. That's typically the, 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 the customer that's looking at me, looking for training. They have this, they have a fair amount of disposable income to dispense with. And personal training is a luxury for most, most of my clientele, most of my clientele, it's a luxury. I maybe have two or three people that actually need me because they're, they're, they're on a mission to lose weight and they, they don't have a trainer. They're going to not. They're going to go to their own, they're going to default to their own devices and they're not going to, they're going to stay overweight. And that means risk for heart attack, diabetes, etc. So, but most of my people, it's a luxury to have a trainer and it's almost like a bragging right to have a trainer. So these women are making good amounts of money. And these are women that are your quote unquote independent women, your boss, babe, women. And it's funny because what I've come to understand is that women don't actually know what it takes to accrue a man because they don't know what a man wants. Mm. But a man has to know what a woman wants to acquire the woman. So you may, most men know this biologically. And it's the reason why most men have a climb to be an alpha because the alpha is typically what will attract or have his, his pick of the litter with women. This is true in the animal kingdom. It's, it's sort of true for, for men, or I'm sorry, for humans as well. So he knows inadvertently, if I become the best male, I drive this nice whip, I have this big house, I make a lot of money. Not only is that making my status higher, but that by default is, is, is attracting women that he would have never had look at him otherwise. Mm. So he knows kind of bio from a biological sense is what I need to attract a woman, even though it's somewhat for him too, but it's, it's very much, he may not understand this at the, at the, at the biological level or the chemical level, but is absolutely for the woman as well because what is a what is typical man's role in a in a marriage protect provide give security lead etc right Mm -hmm. so the woman is but the but nowadays like you went back to your first point we say how social media and and influencers etc or let's say your top celebrity women rappers etc that are promoting this dogma or what have you about, you know, get the bag, do your own thing. Da, da, da. That's all good, man. You can definitely do that. Like I, I do not discriminate against women making their own money, being a boss. You do that. Just know it doesn't, it doesn't optimize your situation like it does a man. It's going to hurt you. With a man, not if you plan on being single your entire life and or sticking it out for a potential mate that you find that isn't 
probably going to have, this is where I go back to, they, they don't, they're not going to attract the men that they want because the men that they want are these earners that are above them. You're never going to typically find a female that is willing to adopt a man. Now, notice I say typically, generally, because right. this is for the masses here, not for the small minorities. You're not going to typically find a woman that is okay with a man earning less than she earns. She'll want him to make at or more than she earns. Again, not everybody, okay? But the exception does not make the rule. If that woman exists, and I know she does, and you're listening, honey, the exception doesn't make the rule. And I don't say that to be disparaging and say honey to be disparaging. I mean that wholeheartedly. It doesn't make the rule. Now, women on their grind, and so to speak, that's very empowering to other women. I get it. But... In your, in the accrual of your successors or your successes rather, if that's able to sustain you all the way through and you know that you don't want to have children and you don't, or maybe you did marriage and now you're like, you're through with it because you're through with men and they're pieces of shit. And I agree with you. A lot of men are pieces of shit. A lot of men don't, don't, a lot of men are not worth your time a lot. But I also am saying if you're looking for that man, if you're if you're not that woman and you're looking for that man and you are making lots of money and you are self-sufficient, know that a man has to have a woman that has a need for him to pour into or else he doesn't feel that he's worth a shit. So that's the man coming into the equation being like, look, I need to give you something I want you to be codependent on me to some degree because that's where I feel like a man. Right. So if you don't give me that man, that manliness in return or however you want to word it, then I don't feel like there's a need for me in your life. If you're self-sufficient, why do I need to come in? If it's just about love, okay. But you're talking about two people that, that come together off, off rip not knowing where they stand in the regard of love. So it's always going to be the physical, the physical energy that's emitted between both parties that come, that bring those, that woman and man together. So if those are conflicting Hmm. because there's, there's certain characteristics that are attributed to the man that, that as a higher and the female, that's a high earner. Those can clash. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, if those clash, you never even find out that you might be compatible Right. On a soul level. So that's the, that's seemingly the problem that I find with, with women that are talking about their experiences. And I'm, this is not all women. And by the way, like I said, men are shit to a large degree. Like there are not many good men. There are not many good men that want to provide, that want to protect, that want to lead, that have the balls to lead, that have the balls to protect that are able to create something of measure for a family to create a a good a good lifestyle for. There are not many men like that. They exist, but they're not many, okay? But the women that are complaining about the men that are out there, it's because they're attracting the men that are not the alphas. Because the alphas won't touch that alpha quote unquote female. They won't touch her. Because to them, that's a clash. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a direct head-on collision waiting to happen. 
there's always got to be a submissive and a dominant. Hmm. It's the yin to the yang. Yes. So what do you think about hyper-masculinated women? Well, hyper-masculinated, hyper-mask, fuck that word. <laughs> hey, fuck that Masculinated. word, man. Masculinated. <laughs> Hyper-masculinated anything is not good because then it turns into sort of toxic behavior. Yeah. So you can take anything, anything hyper-anything is not good in my opinion, unless it's hyper-focused. Mm. Unless you're hyper-focused on something, but even that deserves a time clock. Mm. You don't want to be hyper-focused for everything in your entire life. That's a nut, That's a non-experiential life. You're not going to, it's, it's probably not going to be any fun either. You know, you need to have some breaks. You need to have, inter, you know, okay. So hyper-anything <laughs> is probably not that good, right? Hyper-masculine women, hyper-submissive women also is not good. I agree. So hyper, I don't think hyper-anything is that good. So... There's got to be a balance within certain within within the within the gender role, so to speak. There's got to be a balance, and you have to know as the man how to treat the woman and nurture her and care for her and provide for her in the ways that that you want to, because she is a woman that is important to you. Her everything is important to you. You you nurture her, and I what I mean by nurture is like you treat her preciously, and that's hard for men to do if you're hyper masculine so there's got to be a a nice balance or a nice pendulum swing to this to this situation here right or to this to this to this equation rather and same thing for the woman you have to play your role in a balanced way a balanced fashion as well i don't think that being too submissive or being very submissive is a good thing for women because then it doesn't give them I think you're taking, you're stripping a woman away from her innate course of being a human being. Like it's, you're a human being. You can talk, you can, you can, if you don't feel good about something, you can choose to say something about it. That's not, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be, be, you shouldn't have an duct tape around your mouth and you shouldn't be a welcome mat, you know, but there's, I guess it's just a a balance shift between the, the, the man and the woman. And it really boils down to how they grew up, like what they what they were able to witness in their household, how their dad treated their mom, etc., and what values were instilled in them, and then what values they actually fostered on the way up in terms of their growth, their the years that they accrued in their life. You know, so it all matters, right? Yeah. I'm talking too fucking much. You need to talk. <laughs> well, I think something I got to experience a lot with men is that alternate side of themselves that they don't even get fully in touch with, I don't believe, until they're older. And that does have a huge aspect of sex in it. And I bring that up because we're all sexual beings. Even if we're pious or we're abstinent, we still will have experiences that engage those feelings, thought processes. In fact, to tame those is actually something because, and I'll just say this because this is how I tame it, you know, take all thoughts captive to Christ. 
Like I can't just sit there and have fantasies about somebody because there is a a level for me, for my experience in life and what I've learned out of life, that there is truth to that experience. If I think it, I might as well have done it. So I'm very careful with fantasies, with all that stuff. But I've got to have actual experiences. And I do think that we are closely connected to the sexual side of ourselves. But for whatever reason, we keep that in a box. We keep that hidden. It's private. And for a good reason. For a good reason, it's private. However, I don't believe a lot of people spend time getting in tune with that. So you talked about what kind of men do I attract? I tend to attract all various types of men. And when I say all various types, I mean I attract men who've known me since I was younger. I attract men I meet in the grocery store or the store. And some, I'm, I'm learning this now, some are really respectable. And what I mean by that is they're not gawking. They're not just hitting on me. They'll say something that holds a weight. Case in point. I was told the other day, you carry yourself very well. I'm in a grocery store. How well can I be carrying myself in a grocery store? But I do know I have a certain demeanor and etiquette that I take with me everywhere I go. So that compliment was absolutely amazing to me. Like you could have said anything, but you chose to take time to come from your checkout line to stop me to say that to me with no additional intentions. Didn't try to get my number, nothing. Just wanted to represent that truth to me. Wow. Thank you. You just raised a a notion inside me as a woman that there are men out there that care about that type of thing that aren't just out for the ass or the breasts or you know strictly thinking about a sexual gratification and tying back into that whole purist thing like to me that comes from a pure place of either a you just are willing to share that insight with someone. Maybe a lot, maybe not a lot, maybe uncommonly. But that gives me a notion again that, like like you said, there are good men out there. There are men that are in touch with their whole selves that want to operate in society on a level that's respectable and not just, ooh, it's the hunting grounds. Because I meet a lot of men that it's the hunting grounds. And I don't I don't want to be hunted. I'm sorry. Like if you're trying to hunt me, hmm. Well, did that guy that came up to you in the grocery store, was he what was his age roughly? Had to have been I wanna be fair, cause I would say early 50s, maybe late 40s. Mm. What did he look like? 
he looked like he could have been a doctor. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. He had a certain mask and like a head thing on. Oh, okay. And, you know, he looked good. Like he looked like he was aging well. And he looked like for all means and purposes, he looked like he could be married with a family, like a good man. What he was saying was not hitting on me. It's so different. Like there's certain, like you, you get used to a certain type of experience. Okay. Can I share another totally drastically different experience? Yes, but before we dissect this one. Yes, okay. So I I want to know more about this gentleman that said what he said to you. Can you tell me the context in which he said it? He, we, I was in self-checkout and he was on the other side, which is, I feel like God's teaching me so much about this whole other side thing. Like basically telling me you need to start allowing yourself to be engaged by men of a different stature not these not to discount any man but not these low chakra <laughs> low chakra men who are not in touch with their whole self but anyway so this gentleman was in the process of checking out on the other side stopped came around to where I was checking out, said, excuse me, I just wanted to let you know you carry yourself very well. Like, like you present yourself as his words. You present yourself very well. And I was like, okay, I've never heard that before. Yeah. So then what happened? Then he walked away. He proceeded to check out. I left. He was checking out. Nothing else. But he walked away after he oh, said yes, that, right? Okay. Yes. Can I can I tell you what he was hoping for? What? He was hoping you would ask his name. Because when you ask his name, and he didn't introduce himself to you, he didn't ask your name, right? That mm-hmm. was on purpose. Huh. He gave you a compliment, but men don't move without fucking agenda. Hmm. So it's easy to notice something about somebody, and it's also easy to discard it. Right. Agreed. Okay. That's what made the the experience like. So more than likely, even though this gentleman was well put together, it's even more of the reason why he had an agenda. But what happened was his plan didn't go to action quite like he thought in his head because you didn't turn and reciprocate. You did not ask him your name, his name and, and start conversation on the other end. So then he just... You know, he, and he was willing to, to sacrifice that going into the, going into it, but at least he has a 50, 50 chance here. So he thought, what do I got to lose? I'm going to pay her a compliment. That's going to put a pep in her step. And which is true too. Cause I'm not saying it's not true. It's true, but it's also going to give me the opportunity or give her, give me the opportunity rather to, to get engaged from her willingly on her end because of said compliment. But I'm not going to ask for her name because then it turns into like I'm hitting on her and put my hand out to shake her, shake her hand. That's going to act like I'm hitting on her. It's going to look sort of like I'm hitting on her. So I'm just going to leave, put the onus on her after I pay her the compliment. And if nothing happens, oh, well, I'm in the same spot I'm in beforehand. Hmm. But there's literally zero reason for a man to especially one that was of age to take you out. Okay. It wasn't like he was a grandpa. No. To walk around, stop what he's doing, walk around and then pay that compliment and, and go back to what he was doing. There's no reason he could have said it 
across the way because he wasn't like a mile away. He was right there in the other lane. He could have easily said, miss, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt your, your checking out. I just want to tell you, you carry yourself very well. Have a good day. It because the likelihood that you, that, what'd you say? It still sounds great. It's like, ooh. I know because it's coming from me and I'm a fucking pro. However, <laughs> the thing is, is that he could have got the same response from you, but he wanted to approach you person to person. So there's more of an intimate, energetic exchange mm-hmm. and he would have a better opportunity or possibility at attracting or, or having you reciprocate in the event of that, which is the reason why he took his happy ass from the checkout and walked around and confronted you body to body. Otherwise, he would have done it the way I just said. If it was strictly platonic and had no meaning attached to it. So I did because I couldn't help but be entirely flattered by like that's a, a compliment I've never received before from a man like and and in passing like in you know in that in that regard it was quite different so then I did like I paused I like I stopped before exiting the grocery store and like tried in a very subtle way because I I'm a lady I'm sorry like I told I had to pray about something recently I'm like God just thump me over the head with the facts because I like subtlety. I think there's a beauty to subtlety. And so I paused. I stopped. I looked like I looked and engaged. Looked this way at him. Like to try to see like, you know, is is there something more to this? Or was this just he for some reason was compelled to let me know that. Didn't divert, didn't look. And I mean, sure, like I didn't shout, hey, guy, like I didn't do all that. That would have been, that would have been a little much. But, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. It struck me as like, you ever have, the, and I, I have a very whimsical life experience. Like, it's odd. I'm an odd duck in the pond because I will see things like I'll count the butterflies I see in a day. It's like, Ooh, I saw 11 butterflies today. It means something. I know, I know, I know that that's, (laughs) but I took it like even my experience today off record, I took it like, wow, like that means something. I don't know what it means yet, but it means something. You know, wait, stop, stop seeing myself as just a run of the mill. Cause I like to group me with everybody else. I'm no better. And that's the truth. I'm no better than anyone else, but I am different. And that's a good thing. And I think with that whole other side of it to be humble and to not have the egoist in me, which I can't stand in anybody really. I think I dial out that I am unique in certain regards and especially with the way generational things have, uh, uh, you know, come to be with the starlets of social media and, you know, everybody wanting attention. Like I can get attention. It's been this way all my life since a kid. I can get attention without trying. 
I used to be the the hub of my mom's friend get-togethers. And I would like sing or do funny skits or whatever. No effort. And I don't know. There's a certain truth of that that's carried on through my whole life. Like I get attention without trying. Yeah, most women do though. I feel like I get the right kind of attention. That could be. Most, most. Yeah, that could be. I get for the sure. wrong attention sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. But you're a woman, so by default, you get a lot of attention, just period. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's the great thing, but it's also not so great when you're, when you're not looking for that. You know, I mean, men can be very, very conniving and agenda oriented mm. and, and, oftentimes malevolent when it comes to the opposite sex but then there are some that are not you know i mean it just really just depends on the male right crap shoot it is it really is and but but you know men understand one thing they understand that if i really wanted her i could get her Hmm. and this is a wrong way of thinking this is like this is not, this is beyond toxic, but they understand like, well, okay. It's for the reason why men are not looking over their shoulder late at night when they're going to their cars. They don't care because they don't, they, unless it's another man or group of men that are following them, they don't have anything to be worried about. True. And if they're strapped, they don't really have anything to be worried about at all. So, but a woman has to worry about this shit all the time. And she's almost like a target often. Women are targets often. And I I really, really feel for women in that regard. That's not a way to live your life. And I'm not saying that that's the way like life is every day. But I mean, most women are going to get attention whether they like it or not, especially if they're attractive. And that's their main agency is to be beautiful. So like when- To be smart- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> to be smart. Yes, for sure to be smart. But, you know, off rip, what gets women in the doors and gets these double standards met for women that men don't have, like we were talking about <laughs> earlier, is their ability to be beautiful. And at some point you're born with that, right? You're born with your beauty, but then you accentuate it through the advent of makeup and hair and lashes and all this sorts of things to just further instantiate the point to men I'm pretty mm-hmm. and society I'm pretty and I by the way I don't like that I don't I don't like the fact that women have that that advantage or? no like they have that that kind of I don't like that they have that hovering over them that they feel like they need to be prettier than the next woman and social media Oof. just just totally exhausts it even further you know, and, and, but then again, unbiased here, men have their own, men have their own shitstorm of, of things that they have to deal with as well. Like the burden of performance on them, being called a loser by their friends if they're not doing shit with their life, being called a loser by their parents if they're not doing shit with their life. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a real, being bullied. Like I know women get bullied, men get bullied. I don't have any statistics to back this, but anytime I ever hear of a bully, it's always a man. 
Now, I'm not saying there are not women bullies. There are for sure women bullies. We know Mean Girls, the movie. That was horrendous. That's that's real. Like that yeah. and happens to to even higher higher levels than Mean Girls uh, depicted. But it's like the bullying thing is an often thing for men because we're constantly told, hey, man, you have to be something. And if you're not something, if you're playing video games and shit like that and you're not making shit of your life, well, then you're a loser, hmm. period. No fighting out of that. You have to, to fight out, to climb yourself out of the hole, you have to make something of yourself. You have to do things. And coincidentally enough, women are attracted to men that have ambition, that are doing things, that are making something of themselves, that are not a bump on the log sitting at home eating Cheetos playing fucking Fortnite. <laughs> okay, that's not attractive to most women. Most women are not attracted to that. But... So the burden is on both parties. We just have different burdens that we adopt in life. But hmm. I don't know where that went. I don't, know, I don't know what I'm attracted to anymore. Like I I definitely know physical attraction. That's not hard to figure out. And I know I've had some relationships that are intellectually stimulating. And I'm absolutely like head over heels for not just a conversation, but knowing that there's depth in that conversation. So that's something that, you know, is a stronghold for me. But as far as perceiving, like, what would I want in a relationship? Utterly clueless at this point. Like, I almost just want to be in a relationship with myself at this point and explore more parts of me than to put the risk and put myself at the thought of being involved in trying to figure out someone else anymore. And I think that's just because <sighs> I'm a little exhausted by the whole boyfriend, girlfriend, like I don't believe in forever anymore. That has died down so awful of a mountain ledge that it's like okay well what are we even doing in a relationship when we want when we when we aspire to be in a relationship with somebody I have an ideal if it were ever possible to actually have a successful household possibly business and grow to a stable life and a healthy relationship but I have no idea what that means and I couldn't even tell you a person that it like would be probable with you know which is good that means I'm on an exciting adventure yeah but was that fulfilling to you is that going to be fulfilling I think that's why I'm kind of going about it in a non-conventional way because I don't think it'll be fulfilling until I can connect with that person. And that's an unknown variable. And also, you have to not dismiss red flags when you see them. Oof, I'm too good at that. I'm too good at, at not dismissing red flags. Is Some, it because you want to give people the benefit of the doubt? Always. It's awful, honestly. 
It's awful because it ends up biting me. It ends up hurting me. And I don't want to be hurt. I, I don't I don't think it's fair for another human being that doesn't have the full understanding and awareness of their own issues to bring that shit to my doorstep. It's like, okay, I know we all have some type of baggage, but to reflect on my own personal life, it's like, dude, I could have carts and carts and carts of baggage. But instead, I chose to heal to understand that those were learning lessons, things that I was able to grow from. And if I'm to go in, even in a friend relationship with the opposite sex, I genuinely want a healthy relationship where it's not combative. Yeah, some some give and take, some force is good. Like, I don't want a pushover. I don't want some cuckolded guy. But I want someone who has got a healthy balance to assert themselves when it's necessary. But to back off when it's obvious, like, wait, like, oh, wait, she has a very good relevant viewpoint. I feel like I'm learning something and I want that to be in time. I don't want it to be after shit's gone sour and you're reflecting. <laughs> so you had another story, right? We already dissected the grocery store story. Oh, so let's move to the next one. Okay, story so number two. This is funny. All the shopping I do. This was at the 99 cent store and I'm with my dear friend. We'll just... We'll just throw her alias out there. I'm with Asian Barbie and we're at the 99 cent store and you know, the, the line builds up a bit and this, this man, this gentleman, quote unquote, I like to call them all gentlemen, even though they are not all gentlemen. He allowed her to go forth in front of him. Oh, very noble, very kind of you. Okay. Well, me being the friend with her but separate transactions i don't want to just assume that i can go right in front of you too good sir i'm gonna go behind you so i do and then at one point he's like oh you can go ahead and thank you okay so now she and i are both in front of said gentleman and we go um to be we're, we're checking out and he must have known the cashier because he seemed quite friendly with the cashier. And whatever verbiage is being thrown around a bit, it he ends up making the statement to my friend, oh, you are trouble, aren't you? And she and I just, we just had to like look at each other like, oh, um... Now we know wasn't wasn't noble wasn't you just being a kind guy I guess you have some things you want to see in front of you suppose suppose and like that was just kind of awkward not the same caliber of grocery store gentlemen you know what I mean like nailed it now <laughs> you maybe perhaps not the same caliber but it's just one thought off the fly and one was more methodical with mm. his approach. Mm -hmm. I would argue that that doctor or let's call him a doctor that was in story number one probably noticed you in some of the aisles and he knew what you were working with in said aisles that he saw you on. 
are in. So this was probably more strategic than even you know. And this is coming from a guy's mind. So I that's why I would argue that because and it could have been spontaneous, absolutely, but it doesn't discount the fact that the agenda still had a position to play. And he just went about it in a more tactful manner. But it doesn't absolve him of not having an agenda. <laughs> Bottom line, there's always an agenda. But you know, for men, you have to approach women. You have to because they're likely not going to approach you. So how does this thing really amalgamate? You have to approach the woman. Think about it. And so the more tactful, the more gentleman-like you are, the better. The more you do things on the open-ended or I'm sorry, closed-end because it's kind of a reverse psychology tactic with men. What he did by not after he took, paid you the compliment, introducing himself, lended him to it being more, or to you rather, giving the illusion that it looked like it was genuine. Yes. He wasn't searching for anything. However, I can promise you that when he turned around and walked away, he was thinking, fuck, that you didn't reciprocate and at least ask him his name and be intrigued. Because that's an intriguing comment that he left you with right so you would think wow i was intrigued right you you were right so off rip this is what he's gonna open with wow i want to know more about this guy right right okay (laughs) that's why he was even more down when he left you because you didn't entertain anything further but what happened to asking a lady to like a meal or a coffee, which I, I have, like I had a gentleman ask me to cocoa on the pier. I was like, oh, now did I take that offer? Haven't taken that offer yet. Was it like, he probably feels like. Cocoa, is he 80? <laughs> I think it was a rather cute way to go about it personally it's different it's different it's different it stands out and it and and i was obliged and i said so at the time that this offer came to be i was pretty much a hot mess and i say hot mess because i'm like i'm all over the place i'm traveling i'm meeting this guy i'm meeting that guy like i'm just i'm i'm i don't know i didn't i obliged the offer i said yes that would be nice but then I never really reconnected it. And it still stands out, you know? Like, it still stands out. I guess it's weird. It's like, at this point, I'm like, I feel like I have options. Like, that's something that I never really opened myself up to before because I was like, oh, true love. There's one true love. All the princess fairy tale stuff. Well, that's what Disney taught you. Yeah. Yeah. God does teach you that too, in a sense, but I think it's been whittled away by what life is now. I really do. Like Isaac's servant went and through prayer found Rebecca. That is some sexy shit right there. Okay, but do you know if that's real or not? <laughs> yes. You know how you know it's real? It's do you have real. evidence? <laughs> do you have evidence? 
Don't try to make an argument God's right now. Word. Don't try to make I'm a not. profound argument. You're, I see your brain searching no? for something. Yes, it was. And Faith. You, I hang on. Whatever. The Listen, word of God. I understand. <laughs> I get it. But they could literally say anything in the Bible and we would just adopt it as doctrine. Now, I'm not saying I'm not for that, but we don't know, man, is what I'm <laughs> saying. Like, we don't know. If that actually happened and to configure our own lives predicated on a story in the Bible, I don't know how well that's going to serve us. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but to say that, well, it happened because in the Bible, for all we know, that's a fable. We don't know if that actually existed. And you're talking to a Christian and I'm saying that. So I'm just trying to dispense with, to my listeners, like I'm on both sides here. I'm trying to just, actually, I don't know if I'm both sides. I'm just, I don't even know what the other side is. I'm just (laughs) thinking, I'm just thinking. And I'm thinking about these things where, well, if I'm going to apply it to my real life, whatever reality is right now and how humans interface with reality, whatever you want to call it, whether we're just, we're all matter, we're all, well, we all are that. But I mean, like, what if this is a, is it, you know, some people are calling it like a simulation. We're in a simulation. I don't even know what that what that means, but I I mean I can understand what it means, but yes. I don't know to the ends of the earth what that is supposed to prove or what that how that applies to real life, like what we're in right now. But some people argue we're in a simulation. This is all a blah blah blah. I don't know. I don't believe in that. I believe in what I am right now when I'm talking to you. I'm in a real tangible building with tangible things around me. So I'm gonna go off of that. So I, I don't necessarily think it's smart to apply a story that I don't even know happened to my real life today. And even if it did, and it was real, that's one time, you know what I mean? So, and so I just, I have a, I have questions with regard, with regards to that and We've even talked about this before. Like I remember, I remember we were driving somewhere and I said, and we were talking about the Bible and the books in the Bible. And I remember saying like, yeah, but how do you know that that happened? You don't know. We don't know what happened. Like it's just, it sucks because we want to land on something. Like we want to believe it is this. And so we're so quick to just live in fucking delusion predicated on the fact that the Bible is a noble book and it means well and it's a god it's a it's a godly book it's a it's a book of Jesus it's a book of God etc but how do we know we don't we have to just toss it up to I'm gonna have faith that this happened I'm gonna have faith that this happened in the book and we don't really know how it was interpreted. We don't really know. And that's that's the shitty thing to be to be absolutely candid. That's the shitty thing to not know, you know? I like the idea that through faith and supplication, um, you can achieve the path that God has ordained for you. And and that's something I just feel. And it makes me think, okay, one thing I'm weak in. Like as a believer, I'm weak in prayer for self-interested 
things. Like I don't pray. I do pray for financial stability. I pray that because of my children. Um, otherwise, I'm not praying. Let me find that person that I can have a healthy love base because I think there is no greater thing than love. Do I feel like that is the noble quest to seek out in another human being. I, I don't anymore. And it's sad because I used to. And not just because Disney. Although, yes, that is the like, you know, the the standard that we were pinned up against to a degree. But it's more so because there's no greater thing than love. There's no greater thing than love. I mean, when you think about the feelings and the emotions and the commitment like the things that love derives out of any again any relationship that's some powerful stuff and I want that I want that with a man a godly man a man who will lead a man who will have that um willingness to view me as a precious thing. So so one of the books in the Bible that I really do love is Song of Solomon. And when you read this, it's a very short read, but it is so beautiful, it is so romantic, and it's so deep in the type of love that I hope one day I can have with a man. And it's a pure love. It's a love where instead of going to seek out something else to fulfill a momentary whim, it grounds that man in the reality that, wait, what you have is precious. And I believe it's precious because it's rare. So. Well, there's two types of love. There's love that you have with your significant other and there's unconditional love that you have with family members where by no means would you break that love that 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 person you could not love that person any less or any more. There's nothing that my mom or dad or dog could do that would cause me to not love them anymore. That's unconditional love. But there are conditions tethered to people. So is that love? I guess so. But it's not the same type of love that you have for your children. And it's not the same type of love you have for your parents. But sometimes we conflate love and unconditional love as one and the same. And they're not. We're looking for that often unconditional love that doesn't exist with a counterpart from a you know a human being to another human being unless that human being is your family or not a human being like your dog because I would argue that you can't like I love my dog unconditionally there's nothing that she could do that would make me not love her ever there's no no conditions tied to my dog there are zero conditions tied to my family well there's conditions tied to my to my cousins for example, if my cousin committed murder on somebody that I love, I'm not even going to put it out there, but let's say they, they went psycho and fucking killed somebody that I loved unconditionally, I can tell you I wouldn't love that person. 
So it's... You would stop loving them? I wouldn't give a shit about them. Okay. But so you there's a big, but, but still love them. Well, if my dad killed somebody, I'd still love him. Right. Right. So, I, I mean, if you, t- if you tie the argument the other opposite direction, I still love him. So, yeah, it, and that's, that's the, that's the, that's hard to navigate. Like you want love because you want all the things that come along with love, but it's still conditional at the end of the day. If that man cheats on you, you're going to leave him. Correct? I didn't. Well, you said that to me that prior that you, if this one, like now, this next yes. one. Right. And Learning lesson, right? Learning lesson. Because then you have to, you have to toggle that back. If you love me, how could you make such a costly mistake? Like you, to me, if you, if you're willing to risk the loss of somebody, because that kind of action would warrant the potential that the person you cheat on might leave you. They might not. But they might. And so you're taking such, to me, such a great risk. How do you warrant your love for that other person? Now, the odd thing is, no matter what, I can tell you right now, I love my daughter's father. Love him. Like, no problem saying that I absolutely love that man. What came of some of the challenges that we incurred was... Me no longer wanting to participate in that level of a relationship with him. Because the level of relationship that we were in, I was the doormat. I was the expendable person and consistently combated. And that's not in harmony with what I want in a relationship with a man. I don't want to fight you. I don't want to argue with you all the time. Sure, a healthy debate now and then is wonderful because that's intriguing and enjoyable but if I'm having to defend every viewpoint every decision then I'm actually you have me in a prison I'm in a prison maybe you're in a prison in which case I do believe he was in his own prison but you just sucked me into your prison and that's not where I want to be so it became a, a choice of this relationship is unhealthy and I can no longer participate in it because I have to choose what's healthy for me, what's healthy for our children. And we're still friends. Do you think that you'll find a man that will level up to or, pers- or even surpass what he was to you? Yes, I, I believe that all, I believe if, if it's meant for me by grace, I will be gifted a man. And, and because I do, I view this type of thing as a precious gift. Like to be able to love a man is actually very amazing. You know, and when I say that, it's like to be in a way like okay i'm i'm i want to bring you gratification i want to meet your physical needs i want to meet your mental needs i want to know to give you space when you need space there's a lot of dynamics to loving a man in my opinion i don't know them all and of course the individual is going to help me understand if they're healthy if they're healthy the individual would help me understand because until you meet someone and you get to know them on that level, you can't understand how to love them. 
they're going to help you understand that through experience, I think, personally. Um, but there's certain elements I want to bring to a man. Like, I want to nurture your body. I want to feed you. Like, there's just things that, as a woman, I get pleasure out of giving that to a man. Am I willing to wait? That's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to do a lot of praying. As cringy as it is, I'm going to do a lot of dating. <laughs> it's cringy. I don't want to date. Yeah. But that's what you have to do to find. So you might have to, at your age, shoot your shot too. Not wait for the man to come to you. Oh, no, I don't. I'm not a, yeah. I'm not a wait for it type gal. Like if I really am interested, I got shut down so hard by it. But he was young. He was too young. It was my niece's friend and he was cute, but he was probably all of like mid to late 20s. Which is not terribly young. But anyway, I did. I, I hit on him basically. I said, do you like older women? <laughs> yeah, to smash. That's what he was thinking. He didn't, which was nice. I respect him. He didn't even he didn't even take the bait. Nothing. I was like, okay. And, you know, you have to. Rejection is hard for anybody. Can I say that? I'm just like, hmm. Well, that didn't work. <laughs> How did that make you feel when he rejected you? You know, I, I brush it off. I've been rejected a lot, believe it or not. So it's like, it doesn't feel good. But then I have to like just put it into a you know place like, well, wasn't, wasn't meant. Like, mm. okay, I can move on from that. There's a lot of opportunities out there, <laughs> I think. There's a lot of opportunities to have sex. I don't want that. I know you don't. I want good sex. Can I, know, I say that? I know that? you don't, but that's, <laughs> I know you don't want that off rip, but that's where men are coming from because yeah. men are, men are looking for that typically in the forefront, but it, it shouldn't obviously, and I don't think it is going to behoove you from shooting your shot as we talked about earlier, but you know, that's the thing about it seems very masculine to approach a man and to ask, you know, if he'd like to have coffee or something like that. And I think the due diligence is on the man to do that. Like I really do. That's, that's, that's a form of courting to some degree, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what a man should do. Is that what men do do nowadays? That's up for debate. And if they do do it, it's typically through DMS or things like that, which is very, um, unintimate and, inauthentic to some degree I agree but it's 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 a hard it's it really is a struggle for some women especially when they're in their 30s when they get to their 30s and even in their 40s it's like it's hard to find a man and m the men that are going to look at you are going to think unless they have kids of their own they're going to think and this is off of experience they're going to think well what happened that you couldn't tie down a man or a man didn't want to marry you. It's almost synonymous with when, let's say for purposes of illustration, let's say you're at a, a wedding party and a girlfriend introduces hit or so this, this, let's say there's a guy and then there's a, a girl introduces her girlfriend to him, the guy. 
that girl that's being introduced is going to think, why don't you want him? Hmm. Why are you introducing me to this guy and you're single? Hmm. What's wrong with him? So it's the same way that we look at women. Typically we'll look at women like, well, you're not married. Why are you not married? And you're this old. Why is there no man that wanted to bewed you? Is that a word? Bewed? I believe so. If it's not, sorry. It works. Uh, sorry. <laughs> we all get but, what you're saying. But that's not the case with you. You were married for a long time. Yeah. But there are women out there that are not married. Yeah. That are in their 30s. And they're splendid women. Yes. Like yes. they're absolutely splendid, but they just got caught up in the wrong relationships with the mm. wrong guy. And it shit fucking dragged on too long and they lost out on possibly other opportunities. Right. I guess it's life, right? Disclaimer. It's just life. Don't let shit drag out too long. Like I think we have something in us that tells us, "Mm." and, and so in, in all fairness for my walk, I did the noble thing, you know, five year relationship, married, Ended up with our first child, had some stuff go wrong, stayed, tried to work it out, had some stuff go wrong, stayed, tried to work it out. There comes a point where you have to put your best intentions aside and say, what am I willing to keep going through while I'm at a certain age? Because let me tell you, I'm not getting younger that's scary like it it was one of those moments in life plus you can only feel less than so many times before you feel like no I don't ever want you to make me feel less than ever again so we all have these decisions to make in life and I think especially in relationships and we have all these narratives going around about money and status and what about right relationships what about right relationships? What do you mean by that? I mean, even even to have a relationship, let's not put a term to it that you have a healthy relationship, that you actually respect the person, you can you can engage in different modes, and you would not cross lines like, Oh, you would not cross lines and, you know, do things you wouldn't even do to a stranger. Like if I'm going to demean you or your character, am I your friend? And I don't mean that from a male viewpoint because I know men are very intriguing. Y'all will say some things to one another to kind of like, I don't know what it is because I'm not a man, but I've heard men say some pretty explicit things to one another and that's just man speak I'll call it because I can't understand it there's something behind it it's not malicious it's not it's not meant to break down the person's character it's almost like a I don't I don't know you'd be better off to say something like that like you have to give me context what you're talking about though like I've heard men say really rude things to one another but it it's said in banter. It's not said in like a demeaning sense where I've been in relationships with men who have said demeaning things like you dumb white bitch. Like whoever wants to hear that 
from a person you are intimately involved in. Who wants to hear that? Yeah, well, I can tell you that that likely wouldn't come from a white guy. <laughs> no white guy is going to say, you dumb white B. He's not going to say that. True. <laughs> you know, men, <laughs> men will place disparaging terminology on their counterparts all the time. Okay. And it's, it's a way that toughens the skin of the opposing male. So we do it because we know we can handle it. So we think this guy can handle it. Now there are certain trigger words with even men that you can't say to certain men. Like I've gotten into it for bantering with another man and shelling the word out pussy, calling him a pussy. Like, Oh, it's not being a pussy man. And we got into it because of that, cause he didn't take well to that, that word. Meanwhile, I call 20 other of my friends pussy and they have, they don't care. They don't care. They call me right back. So, and then with the term, with the B word, same thing. Like they, they have a problem. Some have a problem with it, but that's a trigger word, which is likely attached to trauma from their past, whether it's their dad that called them that their grandpa that called them that maybe a bully called them that in, in grade school. And that sits with them and it ferments and they suppress it. But when you talk about it, it emerges. Hmm. So that could likely be the case too, right? Yes. But yeah, for all intents and purposes, men don't, men talk shit to other men all the time. Right. And it's yes. like, it's not that big of a deal. And I think women do it sometimes to themselves too. Like, you know, they'll call each other. I've heard them call each other hoes, slut, stop being a, uh, the B word. I've heard it all. I've heard it all. And they're talking shit. Now that's <laughs> those. I'm not saying that's the most classiest thing to do as a woman. Right. But Right. When you're amongst your peers, you don't really got to be classy. You just mm. let loose, right? You know? Mm. So <laughs> then again, people can have their contention with that as well. Um, you may, it may be something that you try to uphold all the time. And I think especially in your 20s, when you're a woman in your 20s, you're not thinking like I got to be tactful and classy here unless you're, you emulate your mother to the T and your mom's not like that then maybe perhaps, or you emulate your grandma, you look up to both of those women and they're not like that. So then you carry yourself a certain way regardless of who you're around. But that's a real small subset of the population, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, people talk shit back and forth with each other and it's just, it's the way they do it, right? But I would say men are more harsh with themselves. Hmm. And it's the same reason why we'll call our friends fat if they're not in the gym, they're getting fat and they're talking, they're complaining about their weight. Well, like, yeah, bro, you're fucking fat. That's why. So get your ass in the gym, eat better, stop being like an asshole. And then I don't know, you might attract more women than you are now. That's just will happen. Probably. If you clean up your image a little bit, it'll probably happen. And then you won't be so pussyless for your entire life. <clears throat> but you can't say it to a woman. Women cannot say it to other women. Correct. Oh no. You cannot call your friend the the F word, F A T. Never. If you, and even P -H -A -T. if like, H A T. Yes, for sure. <laughs> you cannot say, "Oh, you look kind of fat in that dress." But men will say, "Hey man, you're getting really fucking big, dude. Oof. Like you need to like they'll shame them. They'll shame men will shame other men." 
Right. And it's not bullying. No. It's just us being men because it's almost like we have an innate urge to to save that man from becoming a loser. Because we don't want to associate with losers. <laughs> so if we see you becoming that, we got to nip it in the bud, man. And that may come by way of a fucking shank to the gut. <laughs> Whatever. You'll thank me later, bro. Right. You'll thank me later. Men got to level up. Period. We just have to. And, but the, you know, the disparity between men and women are like, well, there's many, but here's another one. We don't expect women to level up at all. We just expect you to be feminine, friendly, cooperative, supportive. You can do whatever you'd like, but if you maintain those precepts, we're around. Mm. We're going to, you're going to retain us. You can attain a lot, but can you retain? Mm. That's a different story. Mm. So, but yeah, you don't have to level up at all. Like we don't even care if you're a barista at Starbucks. <laughs> like if you're, if you're on your, if you're a, if you're a feminine, friendly, caring, nurturing, submissive female. And I don't mean talk. I don't mean hyper submissive. We right. talked about that earlier. Yes. I mean, just Healthy regular submissive. submissive, wanting the, wanting the best for the man, mm-hmm. wanting to take care of him, having, having an idea or more than an idea of wanting to be married one day, having a desire to be married, to have children, take care of children. Nobody said you don't have to work. You, you don't, if you want to work, you can work. But my job as the man is to provide for you in such a profound way that you can have the option of working or not. Because my main thing is to keep keep you with the child, not hire a nanny and then you go work and me, me have a nanny raise my child. That's not what I want. But then again, look, not not all men are created the same. Not all men think that way. Not all men care about that sort of thing. And that's okay. If you're a man that doesn't care about that, that's okay. I'm, these are just my opinions. And it's my fucking podcast. It don't matter. <laughs> Duly noted. Yes. What else? Hmm. What else, Brittany? Akiores. What time what? is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's Sonlas. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's getting late. I know you said that you didn't have much time. I know. We probably we better wrap this up. I let's know. Let's say let's say whatever for part three. Ooh, third time's the charm. <laughs> well, this was a fucking charm. What are you talking about? This was, this was great a charm. Oh. Well, for those that don't know where to find you, how about you fill them in on where they can find you? I'm gonna give the very easiest one. The okay. easiest one. It's West Coast Ghetto Barbie Doll on Instagram. That's Go find her. If if you want to. Send her a DM. Oh, but I will say this. I am not for online dating. Like, I'm just not for it. I'll talk to you. I'll converse with you. That's lovely. But I don't want to date someone I met online. I like the I met you physical 
in the ether like it's yeah. real it's tangible give me what's real and tangible i am a purist we're old school we like damn that. right that's right old school new school actually because old school <laughs> old school is like old <laughs> well until next time brit done